Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. This is your financial mission. Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus, the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, your financial commander here on the program each and every time we embark on this financial mission. She is uh, your financial commander in Columbia and Howard County, serving you throughout the community. If you want to find out more information about Janine, you just go to TheusWealthAdvisors.com. That's TheusWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can call 443-718-6311 at any time and speak with Gracie, and she'll get you set up with Janine. All right, Janine, this should be a fun one today because I'm going to have you play marriage counselor on today's program. How's that sound? That's great because sometimes I am. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it ends up working out that way. Not a lic- yeah. not a licensed marriage counselor, just a marriage That's, counselor. <laughs> yeah, whenever I uh, say something, you know, just just a little comment to my husband, he goes, you don't have a license. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, the uh, title of our podcast today is His and Hers Retirement Planning, and here's the straight skinny. If you're married, this comes as no surprise. It takes two to complete a successful retirement plan. You've got to be on the same page when it comes to these kinds of things. So on today's podcast, we're going to look at how husbands and wives often have different financial goals and then how that creates conflict. Oh, what do you know? Conflict in a marriage. A new concept. Of course, we're going to also explore how to resolve that conflict and get that solid financial plan in place. So maybe this is an obviously terrible question on my part, and maybe the answer is so obvious. But do you find that most couples, Janine, have spent a lot of time talking about retirement plans before they come to meet with you, or are they sometimes having that conversation for the first time in your office? A lot of times they think they've worked through some of their ideas, but especially if you have couples that have been married a long time where you think by osmosis the other person understands what your real fears and concerns are, it can be a new conversation that happens because what is the goal, you know, what is the overall goal of the plan and what are we trying to accomplish? You're coming at it from two different viewpoints. Surprise, men and women are different. And that will always be the case. (laughs) So... Men sometimes will be more risk-taking, women not so much. Women want more of a security position. So somewhere in between is where you're going in terms of how the investments should be invested. But what does that mean? That's a very, a question that has to be answered in context because it's different for everyone. A lot of times you've got, you know, somebody who spends a little too much, somebody who doesn't, somebody who doesn't care. I did have a a gentleman come in with his wife from one of my classes and it was just very interesting because I started asking questions and he just looked at me and said, we've never talked about this. And he wanted to retire. He was 63. He wanted to retire within three years. She was 55. 
And I said, you need to have a conversation together, the two of you, on how you're going to do this. And then if you want to come back and talk with me, that'll be great. But he said, we, we've never had that conversation. I said, you need to have the conversation. Because of her age being so much younger, it's a different conversation than you at 66 retiring. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's uh, important. And yeah, so you, I mean, age does make a difference. And if you're not on the same page, it can have a very much of a, it can have an adverse impact on the spouse, the younger spouse. Well, what are some of those other primary things that need to be discussed between husband and wife before, you know, the true planning can really get underway? What, where, where are the first steps? Well, first steps is you've got to understand what your budget's going to be or what you think it's going to be or what you want it to be. Because got, you've got to know right, what we're spending, huh? Right, right. Spending is a big deal. And in our area, it's not a big deal for some people. It's a bigger deal for others. But it's got a ballpark idea of what it costs you to live. Because once you go into retirement, if your income is going to be less than your current income, you're going to have to understand where's the money going. And then how much are we spending? What does it cost us? And then do I have how much discretionary power do I have in terms of spending ability? And then a lot of things factor into that. Where are you going to live? What is the what lifestyle you're looking for? Because most people don't want to step down. They don't want to say, I'm making 150000 this year. We've been making 150000 to 200000 and we're going to step down to eighty. Most people don't want to do that. So you've got to understand and get on the same page with regard to spending and what, that, what does that look like or feel like to you, and is it going to work? And a lot because, of people, I think, Janine, not to, not to interrupt you, but feel like maybe they don't want to step down, but they feel like they can. The old verbiage is you're going to spend less in retirement than you did during your working years, but I know that you have found that to be a bit of a fallacy with many of the people you work with. Absolutely. I mean, some people can absolutely make it work because they're very good at keeping an eye on and they're very frugal with spending anyway. And they're very good at keeping an eye on things like that. Others, not so much. And, you know, I don't want somebody to have such a tight living lifestyle that they can't even enjoy it. So if it's your decision to go from 150 to 65,000, <laughs> that's your decision. <laughs> You know, and especially if you start that decision at 60 or 61, 62, because you're looking at 30 years on a, that kind of an income certainly can be done. But you have to look at where you're living, how you're spending, how much do you want to provide for kids, grandkids, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Some people don't care, but those are factors that can change. And that's what's really interesting. A lot of people have a hard time seeing that. Something can happen that can change your plan in five years. Now, I teased that we were going to talk about, you know, conflict. So let's get to the, the fun part of the show today, where that conflict arises between husbands and wives. What are some of the things that, that they disagree on in retirement planning? What, what are the flashpoints? Some husbands, because that's the nature of guys, I can do this all. I can do it myself. I can do all this planning. And, you know, thus far it's worked. And the wife going, looking at him and going, you die tomorrow? I don't know what the heck you've done. <laughs> <laughs> and that is probably the biggest disconnect. Yeah. Is in the accumulation phase, the guys have done a really good job. Everybody has saved and the guys have done a pretty good job of growing with the market, their assets. 
but they haven't shared it with the spouse or the spouse is not interested, which is pretty common for a lot of women. They're not interested in some of this stuff, which is fine, but you do need to talk about it because how many instances do we know of personally where somebody's dropped dead at 62 or 64 and now the spouse, the, the, the wife is now dealing with it all and has no idea where to start. So the biggest disconnect is how do I communicate what I'm doing and why? And if you don't want to have to deal with this, then let's agree that you're going to get some help and here's where you're going to go. Shouldn't be rocket science that a spousal disagreement came down to communication in the end, but that's uh, probably a very accurate thought and takeaway, I would imagine. Uh, communications about lots of different things lead to conflict in marriage, certainly in finances. It's one of the other elements that we face all the time. Do you think, Janine, that it's okay, kind of on that note, for one spouse to handle all the financial matters? Do both need to be heavily involved? Is it some other balance that needs to get struck there? Well, they don't need to be heavily involved, but I do think that that communication is a good feature, if you will. And that's for both sides, because, you know, things can happen, and then all of a sudden you're dealing with it all, and you have no idea where to start, where to, who to contact, how to finalize any of the financial decisions that need to be made at that point in time. And the last thing you want to be dealing with are some of these issues in a crisis. And people don't like to think about that. Yeah. But it, it does happen. My sister-in-law, I mean, I lost my brother in 96 and my, you know, a couple of my brothers and I and, you know, and her dad at the time we stepped in to help her because it was such a shock to everybody when it happened. Because when you, you have somebody who dies suddenly, it's very, it's a very much a shock and you're numb for weeks, if not months or years. So that it's very hard for somebody to actually feel that or see that mm -hmm. when they're planning their own because every you know there are all all manner of people that say it's never going to happen to me and that's typical of guys yeah. <laughs> to say it's never going to happen to me so i'm just going to take care of it all so to answer the question no the spouse does not have to be heavily involved but you should understand the basic concepts yeah, and probably even just as simple as know where everything is, right? Know what exactly where to exactly. find the accounts. That'll save a lot of consternation and time and frustration. You know, and then on that note, though, I do. There are a lot of times, and this actually did happen to me, where you go if you're working with an advisor or if some people that have have worked with advisors, where the guy is a male advisor is speaking to the husband and dismisses the wife either intentionally or unintentionally, completely dismisses the wife or her $40,000 of income. <laughs> right. Nothing is more off-putting than to be dismissed. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so if that is the case and the husband dies, you can bet that wife is not going to work with that guy. Right. Oh, it's like uh, going to a party. And, I mean, just make it as simple as just a conversation. It doesn't even have to be about finances. But when you when you go to a, a get-together, social gathering, or party, whatever it may be, and you start talking to somebody, and they just address you. Or maybe it, it works both ways. It might be I yeah. go somewhere, and, you know, the, the friend or whoever it might be is only talking to Connie and never makes eye contact with me or asks me a question or pulls me into the conversation. You know, that's off-putting. It's going to be even more so when we're talking about life savings and life and death and insurance and all these other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really does matter that you include, that you know, you as a uh, the wife are included in the conversation. 
because your contribution, even if it's not monetary, is significant. You know, there's an inferred or an implied contribution yep. to the relationship and everything that happens. So, and there actually isn't a monetary contribution. It's just not in the normal sense. Everything you do has a cost right. <laughs> associated with it. So it is important. And a lot of times I think um, the typical brokerage and advisors, not everybody, but, you know, overlook that. That's a good point. Well, to put a bow on the conversation for us, Janine, do you have an example of a situation where you helped a couple who wasn't on the same page? They weren't communicating well about their finances and then how you were able to kind of help, you know, get everything wrapped up on the same page with one another, something that they walked away happy with and excited about their plan together? Well, typically in, in the conversations I have, that is my goal is to get them at least on the same page if they're not already. I do have, I've been very fortunate, I have a lot of husband-wife couples that are on the same page at least conceptually. Maybe execution is a little bit different or considered, uh, you know, one has a better idea about something than the other, but generally conceptually. <laughs> That's my wife and I. Conceptually, <laughs> we want to live on a budget. In execution, she does a great job at it. I'm, I tend to be the overspender. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's usually where people kind of fall off the wagon, if you will. But I, I think um, kind of to wrap this up, uh, let me tell a story. And it's a personal story that has a direct connection to this. When I was 18, I got a birthday card from my grandmother. Now, because we had moved around a lot, we were not necessarily close to our extended family. And I'm thinking 18, okay, big deal. Um, yeah, I'm adult. I was already considered myself an adult. Got a birthday card. And in the birthday card was a check. And the check was for $2. From This is my, my dad's mom. Okay. And I never cashed that check. because It wasn't because I was being obnoxious. I just thought, wow, who writes a $2 check? <laughs> No and I kept it as a bookmark for years. Oh, wow. And I, and you know, and it wasn't until I, I mean, I actually found it in a book a couple years back and thought, how funny is that? I mean, she's been deceased since 1978. But long story short is what I discovered at her death when my parents were going through her effects is that she had a stash of cash in her Bible and that was the only money she controlled. Hmm. It was the money from her winnings at bridge with her friends. So my grandfather, and that's typical of that generation, controlled the money and the financial decisions. Well, fast forward maybe a couple of years, he got completely taken in as well as everyone else in the retirement community pretty much on a really bad real estate deal. And they took basically his, almost his entire life savings. Wow. And so the point of that story is, you can be the victim of your own decision-making that goes awry, or you can be the victim of someone else's decision-making. Yeah. Not always intentional, but there are so many stories like this that I just always emphasize you've got to communicate and you have to evaluate and you need to get a third-party objective opinion on a major decision financially and that may save you in the long run. It didn't save my, my grandparents. So important to make sure that you're making good financial decisions for yourself. Not only does it impact you, it impacts your spouse, it impacts your children, it impacts your next generation. It may even impact the generation before you. If your parents are you know, still living when you get to retirement age, which is certainly possible, and you may need to or want to 
help them out with something that they face. All of your decisions uh, do end up having repercussions on those around you. And you know, it's, I th- thank you for sharing that personal story, Janine. I think that's important to hear things like that. And so when it comes to being a couple, you're in this thing together. You've already been on this road called life together. You know, not to get all you know touchy feely here on the show with our uh, emotions and all that kind of stuff, but it's important. It really is. And so it really is. you're on the ride mm-hmm. together through life. Be on the ride financially as well. Make sure you're on the same page. And as a last thought here, Janine, just for a, a quick moment, I'm going to guess that people aren't alone in needing some help to spark that conversation. It's not something like you're just going to go home tonight and be at the dinner table and say, hey, I heard this podcast today, and uh, we really need to talk about what's going to happen when I die. Like that's a, You're not alone if that sounds like that'd be really a struggle to accomplish that goal. And that's why sometimes it's helpful to come in, meet with you, because you know you can be the one who asks the hard questions and starts the conversation. Absolutely, and that really—I mean—that's we laugh about that because who does sit at the table and say that? Uh, I mean, I do have some clients that do that, which is pretty funny when we have a conversation. But it usually takes somebody you know, somebody, a relative, a neighbor, a friend, a good friend, where something catastrophic happens, and it's a wake-up call for you. Mm-hmm. So what I encourage people to think about is don't let there be this wake-up call where things are broken and it's really hard to fix them if you can at all. You've got to be a little more proactive with getting some assistance with some of this decision-making because all the decisions, the money decisions around the money are just as important as the money itself. I say this all the time and I can't emphasize it enough because life gets in the way and you know, you have the best laid plans and the plans can go awry. And you, the last thing you want to discover is that your plan didn't work. Right. The, as you thought it was going to work or it didn't work at all. Exactly. So, you know, walk through permutations, possibilities, what ifs, and say, what do I want to have happen if these things happen? Yep. If you need any help uh, prodding that kind of discussion and making sure that you've got the right plan in place, give Janine a call. is the number. You'll chat with Gracie when you call, and she'll set you up for a time to meet with Janine to talk about these things. 443-718-6311. And as always, online at theuswealthadvisors.com. Janine, thanks for the help on the podcast today, and we'll look forward to talking to you on the next one. Okay. That's Janine Theus. She's your financial commander. And I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Your Financial Mission. Your Financial Mission.